You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, we are talking to a Mr. Wade Alters, formerly known as RSD Brad from the Real Social Dynamics crew, who is now on his own, starting his own thing. And uh, he's no longer in the dating advice scene, although he gave dating advice for a very long time. And he even gave some relationship advice. And here's something even cooler. He's been in a relationship. So he actually knows how to dish out some advice on that and give us some wisdom here. Here's one thing. If you're ever learning anything from somebody, make sure that they've done it. Okay? I give advice on approaching women, dating women, getting in relationships with women, having a girlfriend. I've done it all. So I'm qualified to speak on that. And I I have guests on the podcast who are qualified to speak on things because they've actually done the things that they teach. Okay. And he has done that, which is cool. Meaning he's been in a relationship for over nine years now. And he dated a lot before that. So he found someone who was a good match for him. And now he's in the process of maintaining attraction in this long-term relationship. So that's what we're talking about today on this episode. And I'm so excited to be doing it with him. He's on the podcast before. And I think I I mentioned this in the interview that he was on the podcast before talking about how to get a girlfriend. This was like three years ago. And it's funny how this is complete coincidence. I just realized it as we were recording. Like, wait a minute, we did a podcast on how to get a girlfriend, and now we're talking about maintaining a relationship. So, just it's funny that we we went perfectly in consecutive order here. And he gives some really good advice and some good tips, and and I definitely would listen to him. It's a shorter it's a shorter episode, but right to the point. And so, I think you're going to like it. If you're looking for a relationship, so maybe you're listening to this and you're in a relationship right now. But I know that there are guys who listen to the podcast episodes when maybe the the episode content doesn't exactly correlate to them. So if you're listening to this and that's you and you're looking for a relationship, we can help you with that through coaching. But also, I can help you maintain attraction in a long-term relationship if you're in one through coaching. I work with clients and I help them in terms of getting to the point where the girl is completely in love with them and the attraction is strong. But even more importantly, figuring out if the woman that you're with is going to be good for a long-term relationship. A lot of guys get in relationships and think, well, how do I keep her? Well, should she keep you? Is she someone that should be in a long-term relationship with you? You need to be qualifying as much as you are trying to be a good partner, right? So it has to be both, making sure that you are looking and finding out if she's going to be a good partner, right? So I talk about the three non-negotiables which is crucial in finding a partner, but are they keeping to them, right? Are they keeping to them? Or is it someone who is keeping to the things that you're looking for? Very important here. Very important here. And of course, your values might change over time also. So if your values change, are they changing with your partner? Or are you guys on two different levels? It's another thing you got to be paying attention to. So I just want to make sure that you're not just a guy who's trying to maintain attraction, but also make sure that she's doing her part as well. And again, if you need help with getting into the relationship or maintaining attraction after you listen to this episode, go to coachedbytrip.com and apply for coaching today because I can absolutely help you with that. And I read every application that comes through. So here it is, my interview with Wade Alters. Enjoy. 
What's up, Wade? How you doing, man? Good to have you on the podcast again. Doing pretty good. Enjoying a sunny summer here, so all good. Yeah, we we switched places. You know, <laughs> I was in I was in LA for a very long time. You were in Chicago for a very long time. But you're from the Midwest. Where are you from again? Originally from just outside Milwaukee in Wisconsin. Okay. And did uh, six years in Chicago. Got it. Got it. Well, yeah, that's why I sound like shit right now is because I was just in Wisconsin and the pollen is just crazy everywhere. But but yeah, so so now I'm in Chicago and you're in LA. And uh, it's just funny that right when you and I started to become friends and started to hang out a little bit is right when, boom, we like switch places when I was starting to move back. Yep. That would have been good. Have you out here? <laughs> yeah. Well... Next time I come out there, we'll uh, we'll hang out. But now we get to at least do this, and we were just catching up on everything. And so you have a girlfriend that you've been dating for how many years now? Uh, almost eight years. Eight years. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was something like up there, like six to ten years, something like that. When did you guys start living together? I think it was about two years in or so. So yeah, we met in 2013, and it was probably about two or three years in. Okay, got it. Okay, got it. What made you decide to make that move to to live together? Yeah, I think at the time it was a mixture of a couple of things. We were kind of at that stage where it's like, okay, you know, you kind of feel like you're in first gear and you're revving at eight thousand RPMs, nine thousand RPMs, and you're like, okay, how do we shift gears here? And so it's kind of that a bit. Also, you know, at the time my business wasn't as great as it could have been, so it'd have been nice to have. You know, somebody split in the rent. And then it was just, she was in this spot where actually part of the other part, her roommate found a boyfriend and they all of a sudden were going to move in together. So she was like, Do I live by myself? Do I find a different roommate? I'm like, Hey, you're over here, you know, three to four days a week, if not more than that anyway. You might as well just move into the place. And so it was kind of, uh, I'd never lived with a girl before. And so it was a little bit like, Oh, flippant. And then, uh, you know, after it happens, you realize, whoa, this is actually more serious. And you get, there's a lot of things to kind of cope with and get through, you know, when that happens. So, oh, yeah. If I would do oh, it yeah. again, I would be a little bit more strategic and we could probably talk about a lot of those learning lessons. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. Is, do you think this is uh, a, a woman that you're going to be going all the way with? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, at this point, we're basically there without the certificate. Anyway, you know, and so it's just kind of uh, now finding the right time, seeing what makes sense. Because again, eight years, it's like after that long, you know, at some point you got to make a decision of being like marriage is on the table sort of thing, right? So uh, I would say, yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. So you've been in a relationship for about eight years. I'm sure you've learned some things. So I want you to kind of share with us some things you've learned about being in a relationship, maybe some kind of wisdom you can share for for the guys listening. Yeah, I could kind of go, you know, there's definitely been a lot of things. I don't know if uh, the guys listening know kind of my background, being more of a dating coach for kind of single guys and that whole piece. I think a lot of times what that does is, I was joking before we started, how a lot of the advice that guys give if you're a coach, how to like meet women, build attraction, uh, some of that stuff, you know, it all applies, but actually it can also backfire in certain ways because I think there's a lot of issues for guys that when you have options and then you're getting so used to sending off a certain vibe of like, you know, I have options, I'm abundant, dominant, this, this masculine man. 
that's good at the start, but there's this like weird period in, in between where actually it can hurt the relationship. And I guess I'll just kind of flow into some things and stop me or give me feedback if you need things. But like, uh, yeah, that sounds good. I remember for me, one of the consistent things I would get. So after I, you know, starting off only having one girlfriend until I was 25 and then going and living the single life for like five years or so, whenever I got to a certain stage with a girl, I, I constantly, like, you know, we're seeing each other kind of more consistently. What I always heard was, I always feel like I'm walking on eggshells, is what they told me. They're like, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. And if I do one thing wrong, you're just going to say, you know, I'm done with you and leave. And in my head, I was kind of like, that's true. Like, that's exactly how it is because I'll just go find a better one and a younger one. Or, and I'm just going to get, you know, as a man, I'm like, fine, wine. I'm only going to get more, you know, attractive with age and more successful. And so, again, that was that sort of, single mindset that is really great for building attraction. But at some point, you reach that turning point in the relationship where you have to shift from like the biggest shift that I see where people get confused or like the turning point is when you go from we're on different teams and there's that chase and there's the back and forth, which is a lot of fun. And then determining when is the pivot to, okay, now we're on the same side and we're a team here. And we're going to go through life together. And so that's kind of a scary stage because, you know, you got to increase your vulnerability through that as well. And then, you know, is she ready for that? When are you ready for that? And then for us specifically with my girlfriend, it was this issue of she was, I'm young. You know, she was only, she's like nine years younger than me. So she didn't want to settle. She didn't want to be the one to do the talk. And I was like, I'm this successful, well-traveled dating coach, whatever. I'm not going to do it. And at some point, about eight or nine months in, which is longer than I think it should normally take, you could just feel this tension where one of us had to give in, otherwise we were going to break up. And so I see a lot of relationships at that stage. It's a skill set to learn how to, to meet women, but it's also just as much of a skill, probably more so of a skill set to be the proper boyfriend and how to make that transition, right? And so that was uh, that, you know, that whole walking on eggshells thing. What I realized twofold. One thing that I always used to say for guys, if you're dating, is like jealousy is good before you've hooked up, but after that, it only hurts you. Because before, you know, it kind of again can raise your status and all these sort of things. But after the fact, it just leads to trust issues. So it's like, why would you bring that into a relationship? And I think that's another mistake that guys make. They might read, you know, okay, I want to show I'm a man of options and all this stuff, and maybe I'm out and I. If she sees a girl flirting with me, she remembers how amazing I am. It's like, no, that doesn't work. Like, that's not good, especially the longer you get in a relationship, right? So, for me, it was making that mistake enough times to fully go, okay, at some point, I need to commit. And again, that doesn't mean that I completely give up all my personal boundaries, but it does mean it's like, hey, at some point, a successful relationship for me, like the definition is like one plus one equals 100. We're like us together is better than the parts separate, and so you gotta let go of that independence piece and kind of be like we're on the same team. And so that was, you know, earlier in our relationship, it's like, hey, we're on the same team here. Let's not fight. Let's the chase is gone. Like we don't need this crazy sarcasm and all that stuff. Let's do this together. You know, I'm curious if you think that makes it boring. Like, does that mean like how are you how are you continuously if that's not happening? How are you continuously keeping the attraction alive? Is there anything specific that you're doing? You must be doing something because you've been together for so long. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as you said that, 
like the two, like the three classic books that pop in my head, if you want just like the best three books for dating, like long-term, I think the classic David Data, Polarity. So I want to make sure to come back to that. Men are from Mars, Women from Venus. It's, it's cliche, but it's true. Everything comes down to communication. And then the other one that was a more recent one was uh, Esther Perel, The Mating in Captivity. And that one, I think, is it's like the David Data for being in a relationship. And so I'll kind of come back to the start. So when asking the question, what you talked about, the attraction, for me, as close as I've ever seen for male-female dynamics seen through the matrix is the David Data polarity structure. And so to answer your question of like, oh, how do you keep it fun? Well, I accidentally... The girl that I'm dating is Eastern European, super feisty. You know that that polarity is super strong, and so for me to assert my side of it, I have to be that masculine dominant guy to kind of have the positive and the negative there. And so I've I've noticed like in previous relationships, my my normal nature is actually more neutral, but that's where you get into that sort of hey, we're just friends, we're best friends, but there's not a lot of sexual chemistry, and so. You know, you could look at that from a couple ways of screen for somebody who does have that. You know, I'd imagine I haven't met your girlfriend, but being a dancer, there's a lot of feminine polarity there, right? So that just makes it the the energy and the spiciness stays there. But the other piece too, I, I don't know if you've talked about it or read it, but the mating captivity book, she does a great job of talking about the difference between like uh, sexual chemistry or like attraction, and then uh, I forgot the language. Desire was one versus like comfort. And so the thing is, is inevitably, the longer you're together, you become more and more of each other's best friends where you just love and care for this person more than anyone. But that goes to the polar opposite. The more you know about them, the less you have that chemistry, that desire that kicks in. So she talks about finding ways to create that. So ways would be going on a trip, all of a sudden you're in a new location and switching up the routine. Automatically, you're in some foreign hotel and it just feels new and fresh. Or finding ways where you can see other sides of them that you still haven't seen yet, even after all these years. And then also she talks about in there of finding like, okay, where is your line? So she talks a lot about what does it mean to cheat? And so the thing is, is we have sort of a societal definition of cheating. But what she talks about a lot, because she's like, you know, there's non-traditional couples, like you have a gay couple, and let's say they go off to Vegas. And then, you know, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. We all have this week together. And then we come home and it's cheating if it's in our hometown that's not there. For me, that's probably a little bit too non-traditional. But it might be something like, okay, is if I talk to someone else, is that cheating? And what happens is, is people don't have that discussion. Couples don't have that discussion. So the girl might get angry at that. But there's ways to kind of find that balance of, okay, you know, a lot of it might just be, you have to have a girl's night and I'm going to have a guy's night. And that might be enough. Versus what I think a lot of couples do is they just fall into this routine where they're just seeing each other every single day. And it's just the same stuff again and again. And that's really where it mutes that attraction. Yeah, it starts to kill it. Right. No, I've read the book and I definitely reference it quite a bit. It's a it's a great book in terms of of long-term relationships. Yeah, I think she says this isn't a direct quote, but distance creates desire, right? So yeah. and she says, I remember the book, when two people get together, like in the very beginning, like honeymoon stage. You know, they want to know everything about the other person. They want to do everything with them. It's like you're just like falling in love and you want to do all that stuff. And and while that's a normal thing to do, the, almost like the deeper you dive into someone and and the more that the mystery is killed, the harder it is to have that desire. So you need to be doing things 
you know, eventually to create more desire and create more mystery. Is there anything off the top of your head that you do with your girlfriend that embodies kind of what we're talking about here? I think, you know, something that popped in my head as you're talking that's a little bit tangential, but what I notice a lot of couples, I think that I dislike or that I don't want to be is that they stop hanging out with other people. And so that's something for me that's like a very strong, you know, when we moved out here to LA, I was like, okay, we need to go find couples that still go out and have fun and drink and party and stuff like that. And it's so hard. I don't know if you've noticed this in Chicago too. It's like, once all of a sudden they become couples, then they're like, okay, we don't go out anymore. And so I think just having like keeping that too, I don't know if it's just a nostalgia thing of reminding me of me in my 20s more, but being able to go, that's just a value that I've always had, maybe being from Wisconsin and binge drinking too much in my younger years. And like, I need to go out and be able to have a good time and we have some drinks and do some stupid shit and stuff like that, you know? So that is definitely something where it keeps it fun for sure. Related to the more just passion stuff, I think it is just the classic making sure you have a date night every week. And you know, really allotting the time. My girlfriend's love language is quality time. So I know for her, it has to be like on a schedule, something she can look forward to. And just doing that, you know, you can get sloppy. We've definitely used it as I'm talking right now. It's like, oh shit, we haven't really done one for a while. Kind of a little lazy with everyone sitting around at home. So I'm like, oh, we got to get back on that, you know, and, and having it be that piece. And then at least once a quarter, if not every other month or once a month, making sure we're planning something outside of the home. So we can have that for me, and that's usually enough because I feel like you get enough like momentum from taking a trip together, even if it's just like a three day going up to Lake Geneva or something like for what you're doing, going up to Wisconsin or something, you know, that's enough where it kind of lasts for another month or two before you got to go do it again. Right, gives you a little bit of a, of a boost. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of the main stuff for us. That, that's usually enough, you know. I think we could dive into the nuances of. Making sure as a man, and again, going back to the David data, just you're, you stay on your path, you know, even though you want to, uh, you know, my old coach always said, you never compromise, you cooperate. And so I'm definitely constantly trying to support her and help her in every way. But you also got to make sure that you don't go too far down that path, which I think some guys make that mistake where they get soft. I'm still going to the gym and, you know, still want to be more successful with my business and stuff like that. Doing that for myself. And so I think that's the other where, area where a lot of guys, that polarity disappears is they just get kind of flabby and lazy. And they're like, okay, you know, I'm not single, so I don't need to worry about all that shit that got me her in the first place. And then, you know, I love how, again, David Data talks about like the woman is a reflection of you. And so if she's not happy, it's probably, you need to be the one to take responsibility and say, okay, what am, where am I screwing up? Where am I letting the ball drop? And how can I kind of crank that stuff up? Right. Right. And that's like basically trying to get out of the victim mentality anyway, right? Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. And, you know, it is a fine line, right? Because the ultimate level of responsibility is did I pick the right girl? You know, so there is a level where it's like, okay, this is just too much. And her behavior is just, you know, we're just not a good fit. Maybe our values and priorities are not aligned right now. And so that's still taking responsibility. But again, you can't really learn or take control if you don't take responsibility, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Cool, man. Yeah, no. So, no, I'm, I'm with you on all this stuff. Definitely, you know, doing those, those trips and changing things up. And I even bet, I'm curious, because remember we were talking about earlier, you were in Chicago. You guys, you guys lived together in Chicago, right? Before you moved to LA? Yeah, yeah. 
for uh, I think about a year or so. So I'm curious if that move to LA had a positive effect on the relationship because boy, what a change that is. Talk about <laughs> completely changing things up, changing routine, changing environments. Was that particularly good for the relationship or was it still the same? Yeah, I would say, and you know, there I could go on for an hour or two about all the little specific, again, because I, I come from the dating coach background. So it's always these like micro analyzing every little thing. But I remember when we started living together, everything from turning the lights off or how we communicate about dinner or who's going to make dinner, is each one of those things initially was a flare-up. It was an argument. And so the first six months was, was really challenging. And so a lot of, as I put quotations, opportunities for growth, where it's like, okay, at the end of the day, the reason it's a cliche of it all comes down to communication is because that really what it is. So it's like learning how to handle that properly. And when these things come up, being able to talk about it without arguing or fighting or anything like that. you know. Luckily, we had done that long enough so the move out here, I mean, the move was really stressful. And I, you know, I had been on the road for years and traveled a bunch. So I thought it was going to be a little bit more easy. But uh, for her, you know, I had a bunch of friends out here. She didn't have any friends. So all of a sudden, she was even more dependent on me. And so it really was, I had to be really clear and kind of take ownership of that again. You take responsibility of like, how can I help her out? How can I really support her here? And so for me, it was a more challenging move than I initially thought because I was kind of helping two people at the same time in a way, right? And um, in the end, it, it was probably about you know eight to 12 months of settling in. And then finally, we are both so happy to be out here, so happy with the move and, and building social circles and, and all that stuff. But there definitely was a sort of a discombobulated period where, again, as the man, you just got to be like, okay, I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to make it happen, you know? And then, yeah, like you said, that's a new experience for sure. So that's totally going to bring you closer together in the end. But uh, there's definitely some months where we're like, you know, even is this going to work out? Like this is just getting too stressful on both sides. And she's like, I'm going to maybe go back, you know, because I wanted to come here more than her. And so even, you know, clarifying that sort of stuff of, hey, you can't say that anymore. We decided to come out here together. Remember, we're on the same team and kind of coming back and again, luckily, a lot of those things were built, you know, those sort of communication frameworks were built before we moved. So I think that helped a lot too. Cool, cool. So let's say this, kind of to wrap up here and, and summarize, like for a guy, you know, there's some guys who do listen to this podcast who are in relationships. I'd say probably most are not. So this is good stuff for people to know before they get into something. So imagine you're talking to the guy right now who's, not in a relationship yet. Like, what's maybe one piece of wisdom you can you can give that guy before he gets into something to help him out from all of your experience? Yeah, I would say. I mean, I really look at the whole dating on the the highest level. There's kind of at least three initial skill sets. You have the whole attraction, getting the girl to like you, kind of that first stage, hooking up, all that sort of piece. So you can even choose to maybe have her be part of, you know, like a dating relationship, something like that. And then you have what we talked about a lot, like, okay, now that you're together, communication, those sort of things. But there's this intermediate piece where it's that sort of three months to nine months of how do I smoothly move her from 
you know, I'm single to this is a relationship where this is going to last and we have a great, healthy relationship. The, the most important thing, first and foremost, is the precedence that you set early in the relationship dictate everything. And that for me, like blew my mind to think of like some girl, like my first girlfriend, if I knew what I knew now, like she would have been a different person, much less a different girlfriend because of the boundaries that I would have set. You know, even things like, hey, I take trips with my guy friends and you, you can't give me a guilt trip about that. Like they try to, and then you go, hey, we talked about this, you know, but if you wait two years and then you're like, I'm going to take a guy's trip. And she's like, no, it's too late. Right. So learning how to set those precedents early. But I, what I would say specifically for the question that you asked is like, realize that piece is a skill set that sort of transition three to nine month thing. And so I would say, you know, it's a little bit scary or, I, you know, what I, I'm afraid is, is some guys that get sucked in doing this, but realize because it's a skill set, you can learn this on maybe a girl that you're like, well, I don't want to marry her. But when all of a sudden you do meet your Victoria's Secret supermodel girl, you don't want to be like, okay, now I got to try to figure out how to turn her into a girlfriend. And I've never done that before. And so I right. would say, again, like, hold yourself to be like, I'm not going to get married to this girl if she's not the perfect one. But learning some of those phases of communication, how do I transition this into, how do I, when's the point that I introduce her to my family and, and what does that look like? And again, I think too many guys go, well, I'm not going to marry this one. So they don't do it. And then they actually mess it up with a girl that they do really like. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Cool, man. Great. Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom and doing this. And, uh, and it's funny because literally the last podcast we did, I think it was the last one, at least one of the last ones was about how to get a girlfriend. That was the, that was the episode that we did together. So it just makes sense that we went from that to, okay, you know, now you have the girlfriend. What happens after that? So it was cool to hear that side of it uh, in terms of that. Because I know in your past, you used to talk a lot about dating and meeting women and how to get the girl. So it's cool to hear the other side of it. So thanks for joining us and, and sharing that with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Cool. Thanks, man. All right. Well, I'm sure in the future, we'll have you back. Maybe we'll talk about how to make a marriage work. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It might be a while for that one. Okay. Sounds good, man. Thanks. Bye.